0: In this episode of Prospect Pitch, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes so far because we have a player that is being pitched that is somewhat outside of the consensus on draft boards. So, my guy, chucking darts, Chuck from Chucking Darts, is going to convince me why Brandon Pajemski, Pajemski is one of the better prospects in the 2023 NBA Draft. Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, If you're not familiar with FanDuel, FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. So make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And this is the third episode of Prospect Pitch. If you are new to Prospect Pitch, this is a fun series that I started. Um, I have so many different reasons for wanting to start it. One of them is to give different draft analysts or aspiring draft analysts a platform to basically show their knowledge of scouting and, and different prospects. And I play the role of a GM that knows absolutely nothing about the players. And each guest has to pitch me on a particular prospect, and I try to grill them with different questions to just, uh, you know, kind of make things fun and interesting. And my guest is Chuck from Chucking Darts. Chuck was on the podcast a few weeks back, and he was recommended for this one. So after a couple episodes of Prospect Pitch, somebody reached out to me. It's like, you got to have Chuck on because he has a hot take on Brandon. So here we are. But before we get started, how is everything going on in your world?
1: um everything's going great man very uh lucky as always honored to be on your show and uh to chop it up i feel bad the last time i was here i was uh talking up to whitehead he got hurt like two games later but he's back now and trying to trying to climb his way back into the lotto conversation and so i'm just happy to talk hoops what what better thing is there
0: yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I just came from a hoops-filled weekend in Salt Lake where I got to watch some of my international prospects that I'm high on that I've been tracking for the last year or two. So, I mean, I mean, talking basketball is something I could do. But unfortunately, these podcasts, we kind of have a time limit, and I know we can probably go on for a five-hour podcast if needed. All right, so let me let me put on my GM hat. I don't know anything about... Brandon Pajemski. So now it is your job to sell me on Brandon Pajemski. So, so who is he?
1: Brandon Pajemski is a sophomore guard, six foot five, <clears throat> for the University of Santa Clara. Now, Santa Clara, I imagine you are you are the most informed GM in the league, so you would know that it is the alma mater of Jalen Williams, the rookie sensation for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, who showed out in the West Coast Conference last year was sort of a six foot five do it all playmaking guard out of Santa Clara. And though Chet Holmgren and Gonzaga in that conference got all of the love, Jalen uh, played well against them, represented well the whole year, and as a dribble pass shoot wing. Killed the combine, came in, and now he is going to be first-team all-rookie. So Brandon transferred from Illinois. I think he was Mr. Illinois Basketball his senior year of high school, though I could be mistaken. Uh, spent his freshman year at Illinois, and as you know, because you've been on my podcast to discuss this phenomenon with Gigi Jackson, he was a very young freshman. And as a very young freshman, as a 6'5 guard for Illinois, he did not really play last year. So uh, after one year there, he transferred to Santa Clara into basically the void left by Jalen Williams going to the
0: NBA. So he's smart. So he's a smart guy that was strategic about his opportunity. That's very important for me because I think a lot of prospects – And I get it. They're young. They're 17, 18. They're going to schools that absolutely do not fit their game, their style of play. And I imagine they're getting wowed on the recruiting visit by the shoes and whatever goes on there. So, so I'm liking what I'm hearing so far.
1: Okay. And and a lot of times prospects like to do the reverse. They like to transfer from the smaller school from Sort of mid major to the high major as they, you know, mature. You don't usually see it go the opposite way, but Brandon did. And he's averaging 19 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds as, as a six five guard, 6-5 guard okay. and three and a half assists. And he is shooting, I believe, 44% from three. And he's shot, I think, about like 160 of them over the whole year. So, he is uh, one of the best shooters in the country. Now, if you want to know what my conclusion on him is, and then we can work backward from there, it is that I do not see a world of difference between Brandon Podjemski and Keontae George, mm-hmm. who is a bailer, who's the freshman guard, who's going to go in the lotto. You have people who think he should be a top five pick or a top seven pick. I am not as high on him. I think that he should probably go in the teens, you know, mid first round ish. And I think that Brandon should not go quite that high, but probably somewhere between pick 20 and 25. And his biggest attribute, apart from the fact that he's a lights out shooter, uh, is what you already mentioned, which is his brain. Because he is, for my money, he has among, I would say Anthony Black, among players I've watched in the NCAA this year, has the highest feel for the game on both sides of the ball at Arkansas. And I would say that Brandon is number two. I think that he anticipates how a play is developing on offense and on defense, whether he is on or off the ball, defending on the ball or defending off the ball and knows how to position himself and how to leverage how a defense has positioned themselves to find open men, create deflections, create turnovers. He averages, let's see, he doesn't average quite two steals a game, but he's like a steal and a half a game. He has a steal percentage of around three, which is very, very good for guards. And uh, he turns 20 this week. I believe February 25th is his birthday. So he's doing this mostly as a 19-year-old sophomore. So when you have someone who's averaging just about 20 and 8, three and a half assists a game, and he can create positive defensive value, you start to say, okay, this guy is very productive. So what would be the thing that keeps him from translating to the NBA? And As we both know, if you have a lot of feel and a lot of skill and you can space the floor as a shooter, your strengths can get really accentuated by the NBA game because there's just going to be more space for you to take advantage of, more ground for defenders to cover. And if you think quickly enough in, in the way that maybe Tyrese Halliburton does, I'm not comparing Brandon to Tyrese as an overall prospect, but if you... If you can anticipate rotations and you can manipulate defenders who are making those rotations, you can find yourself a part of a very efficient offense very, very quickly.
0: Uh, do you and think so, the yeah. shooting is the skill set that he'll be able to hang his hat on in the NBA?
1: Uh, I
0: think, <clears throat>
1: first and foremost, yes. So, Brandon is good from all over the court really um uh, he's 50% from 2 on 235 attempts and he's like i said 44% from 3 about 79% from the line so he's very sound but if there's something that i think he could improve at least as far as shooting goes it's hunting his three more often because what he likes to do, like a lot of guards, especially at the college level, is he likes to get into the lane and sort of find a post mismatch and go to work on that. Or he likes to get into the paint and see if he can draw help to create a passing window for himself, as opposed to other guards that you see at the NBA level who are who can do that but also – Constantly leverage the threat of their three point shot. Someone who, you know, other, again, I'm not comparing Brandon to this guard, but Damian Lillard, for example, gradually draws defenses further and further out with the threat of shooting from 25, 26, 27 feet, knowing that he can get it off at any time. And then he uses that space to create driving lanes for himself. Brandon is more of a patrol the two point area first kind of guard then he is constantly looked to leverage the three, even though I think he's a good enough three-point shooter to do it. So in terms of hanging his hat on something, he's going to need to learn that the three-point shooting is what he does best as far as scoring the ball and then learn how to leverage that. But his feel for the game is so good that I feel like it's an adjustment that he's going to be able to make.
0: All right, when we return, I'm going to turn the heat up. I have a few questions for you, but let's talk about FanDuel because we are past the midway point of the NBA season. And if you haven't downloaded FanDuel, it is the perfect time to download it now because FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to, check this out, $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sports app. It is safe, it is secure, and it is easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash NBA. That is fanduel.com/slash locked on NBA to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and locked on. All right. We are at segment two of Prospect Pitch. And in the first segment, Chuck pretty much told me about Brandon Pajimsky. Pajimski, why he's high on him, where he has him, or he believes he should be drafted. And also the skill set that he believes he could hang his hat on. So now I'm going to ask you a few questions about Brandon. So if you had to, let's say we go on a scale of one through five, right? With one or five being the best and one being the absolute worst. How would you rate him as far as being unselfish?
1: Uh. I mean, if five is, again, like a Tyrese Halliburton, then I would say that Brandon's like a four. I don't think he has any problem being unselfish at all. I think his assist numbers, while healthy, uh, could be even higher. Number one, because he's not surrounded by snipers on his team. There are some potential assists that don't get converted. But also because he plays with another guard. I think his name's Carlos Stewart who is a good attacking guard at getting to the cup. And the usage is kind of split between them. I think Santa Clara would probably be better served really leaning even more heavily in, in Brandon's direction, but he gets his offense, his shots within the flow of his team's offense. So if it were a, you know, imagine spread, pick and roll, Brandon's on the ball all of the time doing everything those assist numbers would be up near, I would say, I don't know, six a game, which at the college level is very healthy. So I think he's very unselfish and a very good connecting passer because of how well he
0: reads rotations. Okay, as far as um, five being the best, one being the worst, how would you rate his energy?
1: Uh, four and a half. Okay. He very very hard competitor, and his again, if you, I, I'm probably doing him a disservice by continually bringing up Halliburton, but Halliburton is not regarded as a good defender. Cause he's not a good defender at the NBA level yet, mostly because he dies on screens. Cause he's so skinny at six five, but off the ball, Halliburton has always shown his smarts by uh, being able to <clears throat> jump passing lanes, intercept passes, help strategically, and it's why he's one of the league leaders in steals, really, since he's gotten into the NBA. And Podchemsky is very active mentally and physically uh, on the defensive end and on the offensive end. He's a relocator. Uh, he's an anticipator, and that's how he that's how he gets to his defensive value. He has his own physical limitations that aren't the same as Halliburton's, but you know what I mean. Like he's not a physical beast at guard. And that's how he compensates is with his activity.
0: Okay. How would you rate his decision-making and instincts? With Five being the best one being the worst.
1: 4.75.
0: 4.75.
1: I, I, I'm telling you, man, his feel for the game. Anthony Black is number one. This is NCAA only because Scoot's feel for the game is off the charts. But Anthony Black's number one, I think, in the in the country, from what I've seen. And
0: I think Brandon's number two. Okay. Now let's talk about what's very important here. The physical characteristics. Characteristics. Yep. All right. Body length.
1: Length? Uh, you mean like wingspan? Yep. Uh unknown. I would I'm guessing if he's he's a listed six five. That his wingspan is probably around like six, 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 seven. Not wild.
0: Okay. So on a scale of five being best, one being the worst
1: for for a guard, you know, probably he's like a two and a half. I would guess. All right.
0: Quickness. Quickness.
1: Um. Won't pop. He, He won't blow you away, but because he he compensates for his quickness with his positioning because he's a half step ahead mentally. But if it's just one-on-one against a, like a top NCAA guard, I don't know that I've seen that matchup for him yet. So it's hard to, hard to say we'll just call it a three
0: for okay. the time being speed, speed in the open floor.
1: Um. Uh- probably like a three and a half i mean i th- not anything that i've seen really uh hamper him but santa clara plays a slower paced game i mean they did when Jalen was there they do with him there mm-hmm. so maybe an incomplete
0: okay overall athleticism
1: overall athleticism again i probably like a three and a half i mean this is the main question with him he he has i think like five dunks on the year, which is not a big amount. Jalen, by contrast, you know, ended up measuring out with a seven foot two wingspan at the combine. He had like 25 dunks last year, bearing much of the same burden that Brandon is, is bearing. So they are not the same player. I would say that sometimes Brandon, so they play two games against Gonzaga, which is his biggest test, you know, in the West coast conference that he's going to get. And he has struggled a bit defensively, not with him reading the game because he's always in the right spot and he helps. He compensates for blown rotations that his teammates have. But when he goes to contest, like everything about the contest is good except his arms are a little short and he'll get like the wrist of Anton Watson or Jacob Timmy or something. And he'll get fouls called on him. So it's just, if he were... 6'6", six, six with like a 6'8 wingspan, I would say he is like a no doubt set and forget top 20 pick. But because he's a little beneath that and his athleticism doesn't blow you away, I don't think he's an outright minus, mm-hmm. especially given his age, because again, he's not even 20 yet. But I would say overall athleticism, again, like three, three and a half. For the NBA, probably it would be below average.
0: Probably. Okay. All right, what about his physicality and toughness? Like, is he tough? Is he competitive? Like, is he a dog? Uh,
1: I'll I'll say that it's always hard to for me to measure that just watching the games on video and not ever seeing in person. I think that's something that you better pick up if you're viewing in person. But from what I can see, yeah, I, I absolutely think he is. I think... Again, he transfers in, he's still young. He transfers into Santa Clara and it's clear to me that he's the best player on the team, that he is their most talented player. So if the type of dog, so to speak, that you like is the kind that assumes a leadership role immediately on a team, I don't know that he is like, constantly directing traffic and everyone else has followed his lead just because he's such a force of nature as a personality. I don't know that that's him. I think he is much more of a, what does the team need? Oh, the team needs me to score. Let me look for my shot. Let me find the open guy, you know, that sort of thing. I think he's sort of, he leads by example in that way. But in terms of competitiveness in-game, have I ever seen him wilt? Have I ever seen him back down when physically challenged? Have I ever seen him shy away if someone is physical with him? No, I've never seen any of that. So I think that, like, a healthy four is what I would say.
0: All right. When we return, I have another set of questions. Stay tuned. All right. Last segment here. And I'm going to turn up the heat a little bit more to see how Chuck feels about Brandon Podzimsky. Oh, I can't say his name. <laughs> I'll let you say it.
1: I, Podchemsky. Let's, I Chemsky, let's, ho- yeah. let's hope that's how you say it. Let's hope. It,
0: it, the Z always gets me. All right. So we talked about his his length, his quickness, his overall athleticism on a scale. Actually, did you you didn't give me a number as far as like the 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 physicality and the tough, I think, and I, said the tough. I, think okay, I said four. Okay, four. Okay, all right. NBA positional size.
1: Uh, I think he's a guard. I don't know that he guards up from the one. I think he, if you were to, so you have your point of attack guys who guard the other teams guard among those players. He's probably again, like I would say two and a half to three. If he's on a team where he's asked to guard like an off ball wing then it starts getting down to, you know, two. He can, again, he can compensate, but he will be at a disadvantage if he's guarding, say, some six, seven. If he's guarding, I, don't, I mean, Devin Vassell's really good, but if, you know, if he's guarding someone who can attack a closeout and they're, you know, six, 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 seven and above, that's going to be a struggle because he is not physically overwhelming. I think his role in the NBA, uh is a bench guard like one of the backup guards that can win their minutes when you think of Andrew Nemhard Jose Alvarado uh Emmanuel Quickly though I think Quickly's better I think he's sort of the top of that class mm-hmm. but guards who can come in constantly win the minutes that they are on the floor and be a value to their team in like 15 to 20 minutes a night. And if he has some sort of physical maturation against still being 19, then maybe he can be more than that. But that's where I see him.
0: Okay. All right. Now let's talk about the offensive skill set. Again, five being the best, one being the worst, shot selection. Where do you rank his shot selection?
1: Uh, I think his shot selection is like a – probably like a four because he doesn't take, he really doesn't take bad shots. I don't think Uh, because he's very, he makes sure that he makes shots. He takes shots. He knows he can make. If there's anything, like I said earlier that I wanted to change about his shot side, it's that I wanted to be more aggressive in hunting his own three, which some people might think is like bad shot selection, but I just think he needs he needs to skew more towards that and away from the shots where he's enjoyed a physical advantage, probably as a high school player, as a guard who can play out of the post and punish a, punish a mismatch, because he's not going to have those kinds of mismatches in the NBA. They are starting to dry up in conference play right now. So I think he needs to excise those from his game. That's what I would change. But he gets to the line plenty and so you know he he certainly knows what he's doing. Uh, you, you never see him sort of take tough bailout kind of shots.
0: Okay. I mean. All right. So again, five in the best one being the worst. How do you feel about him as a catch and shoot sniper?
1: I say catch and shoot sniper by NBA standards, which are very high. I would say he's probably like a four to four point two five. Okay. Now there are, you know, the the top of the heap there is very, very elite. But I think that Brandon is not far away from that. Okay. I, he's a lefty, which I haven't mentioned yet, but no, when he when he actually has space, I mean it looks extremely pure. It's just a matter of. Again, him leaning into
0: it a little bit more. Okay. Do you think that he is a better shooter in or from a standstill with space, or do you think he's a better shooter coming off screens?
1: Uh, from a standstill, I think he's better. I think he can get to the point where he shoots well coming off of movement, and he has made those shots, but he is a, you know, he might be 200 pounds, you know, he's, he's, not completely skinny at six foot five, but he's used to operating on the ball and that off ball skill set is something you really have to rep out, you know? And I don't think he's ever been in a position where he's been told, uh, you know, we're going to really leverage you off the ball as a weapon, but I think that he has the strength to create some separation in doing it uh i think he has the footwork in his shot prep to be able to do it so i just don't think it's i think it's in there it's just not something he's leaned all the way into yet so if i had to put a number on that i would say right now it's like a maybe like a three or a two and a half but it's a big growth area in his game
0: okay all right let's talk about him as a a finisher let's start with a transition finisher is he more of a guy that's going to finish at the rim in transition or is he going to space the floor? And if so, can you give me the the number four for both?
1: Um, if he is on the ball in transition and he's operating, then he is, you know, he might pull up every now and again, but he's someone who's going to pressure the rim and then either finish, draw a foul, or like hit the trailer behind him. That's the kind of player that he is. If he is off the ball in transition, mm-hmm. it's the sort of thing where I think he's just got to figure out the diet. He is smart enough to know that the best shot is at the hoop. But he also, if his NBA team asks him to space, he's going to space. So he's not an overpowering rim athlete he's shooting i think about 60 percent at the rim this year overall and his his spacing is you know not ideal as lots of college spacing tends to be so i would say uh overall transition finisher at the nba level probably like a three nothing crazy but a very good transition decision maker
0: okay all right um let's go with creating for others like when he gets into the paint How would you rate him as far as creating for for others once he gets in the lane?
1: Uh, Four. Very, very good. I think, again, the the best of the best draw help just, you know, by lifting their eyebrows because everyone's so terrified of them. He's not an overwhelming athlete, so he's not going to draw help in the way that Giannis or, you know, LeBron or someone does. But once he is there, he knows where all of his teammates are. He's going to know where the dunker is. He's going to know where help is coming from and whether that leaves a pass open to the wing or, you know, above the break. Uh, He's clever enough keeping his dribble alive that he will probe and probe and probe until a window becomes available and he'll hit the window. So I would say he's a four in in that capacity.
0: Okay. Mid-range pull-up game. Mm -hmm.
1: Another big growth area of his game. Uh, Brandon loves his floater too much in my opinion. And I think uh, in the same way he needs to lean into upping his shot diet from three, he needs to work on getting into his shot mechanics in the mid range. Cause he can, he can do it. He certainly can. And his touch, his overall touch is so good that he can get away from being with being very floater happy. But, uh, Right now, I would say it's like a, I, you know a two and a half, two and three. It's something he's got to get a lot better at.
0: Okay, finishing at the rim I in know, the half court, about sixty percent. Yep, finishing at the rim in a half court.
1: Yeah, I think if he is, uh, if he is the recipient as a play finisher, and he has cut towards the rim, and he has judged that that is the right play he's a pretty good finisher probably like a three and a half um if he is on the ball and it is his job to try to create space and get downhill and get to the rim and finish you know with nba spacing he's probably a two and a half to a three but it's where his athletic his lack of ideal athleticism comes up a lot because he's not just dusting his man over and over and over in conference play and they usually have a big they have uh Jaden Bediaco, I believe, is related to Charles Bediaco at Alabama. Um, and like Charles, he's a, you know, he's a seven foot or near seven foot big in the paint. And so without ideal spacing, he uses sort of avoidant finishes and things like that, but it's rarely forced. If the shot isn't there, he doesn't force the finish. He'll reset and start his attack. So I think with NBA spacing, where there tends to be more space but the recovery is more aggressive because the athletes are better i think he could probably you know average out to like a three there i think uh even though the recoveries are more extreme that is that's a timing thing so once he understands the timing of whoever's trying to come help he's gonna learn to be able to manipulate that and still grade out i think it's like a pretty good finisher so i'll say it through
0: okay so where would you grade him? All right, let, me, let, me, let me ask this way. Do you think he is a good pick-and-roll passer? And do you think that he is better as like a pick-and-roll finisher, like a guy that gets to the rim off ball screens, or a pick-and-roll like pull-up shooter?
1: Um, I think he's a very good pick-and-roll passer, number one. And I think with NBA space, even on a bench unit, if he has if he actually has downhill space and these passing windows are just wider he's really going to be able to take advantage of them i would give him a 4 just as a pick and roll passer
0: okay in finisher? terms of,
1: as a finisher um i think step 1 is going to be guys go under they give him the 3 and he has to start like really punishing them and launching that and having that be sort of his bread and butter, his his first threat as an NBA scorer. And then once defenses adjust to that, then he starts to expand his game. I think, again, operating off screens is a growth area in his game. I think it's something he will be able to do. But I think the, like the straightest line to NBA minutes for him is going to be uh, shooting out of the pick and roll with guys going under and if they chase him over then he can get into the paint where he really likes to be and he can make these plays
0: okay so what's the grade for pick and roll shooter
1: uh for pick and roll shooter I will give him you know three and a half
0: pick and roll finisher
1: pick and roll finisher uh probably like a two and a half right now
0: okay all right rapid fire we are winding down um and, and just just the number here as a multiple effort defender, five being the best, one being the worst.
1: Effort, four. Uh, effort doesn't always equal results, but in terms of effort, I would say four.
0: Okay. Ability to stay in front of his man.
1: Over picks or just one-on-one in ISO?
0: Just one-on-one in ISO.
1: One-on-one in ISO, uh, you know, Probably like
0: a three. Okay. Better individual or team defender? Team. Okay. All right, let's talk about the the shooting. Uh, Again, rapid fire. Quick release as far as like the quickness of his release?
1: Uh, Right now, I would say it's a three, but it's something that I think could and will get faster. I think he can shoot over contests the the slowness in his release has more to do with his decision making about whether or not he wants to shoot the three as opposed to the actual mechanics
0: okay floater
1: uh I mean yeah has an excellent floater yeah I would say his floater a four and a half
0: like what would you say his rebounding is just overall
1: overall again out of five um probably like a three and a half to a four. You know, he, he reads the ball off the rim very, very well. He gets to the ball early because he can anticipate where it's going to be He positions himself. And he's good at multiple efforts. That's how he wins those sort of rebounding battles. He's not skying over guys and, you know, snatching it with one hand. It's a lot more craft as a rebounder.
0: All right. Last question. All-star top starter starter. Rotation player, roster player, training camp, <laughs> Euro invite.
1: Uh, let's see. I think right now he is – like I don't think that next year he's going to be a positive member of an NBA rotation. So I would say uh, roster player because I think his shooting and his decision-making is special enough – That you want to give him like a guaranteed deal and have him go to the g league and really hone his stuff with an eye towards him being a positive rotation player maybe in like two to three years so that's why and to me late first round is when you look for those guys now some people think that that's what you know you still should be expecting starters there and in some cases that's true But for uh, to get positive rotation value, there is usually pretty good.
0: All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Once again, thank you, Chuck, for your participation in prospect pitch. I think he's done a really good job in pitching Brandon. Um, Obviously, you're high on him and you're higher on him than the consensus. And I love the fact that you had strong opinions to back it up. So thank you again for for coming on. And thank you, the listener, for making this your first listen of the day. Now, you got to check out the Game to Game podcast every moment, every performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers the game from across the NBA. So check it out. Locked on Game to games available on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get your podcast.